Hello and welcome to another podcast episode. Now before we get into this, I'd just like to speak about the very exciting thing that happened last week. You may have seen me post about it, but if you didn't, the Premiership football team actually booked me. How exciting. Now I can't actually tell you who that team is just yet. We're just finalising some details and then I'll be able to announce it. Now I really hope that this opens some doors for me within sport. Teams and organisations looking to bring me in to speak with their safeguarding teams and their youth teams that would be a great thing now I need to keep this momentum going with this presentation and this is where I need your help I know I've mentioned it a few times but I can't do any of this without your help I can't do this alone I'm relying on word of mouth with this work with my presentation if you've been following me for a little while and your child goes to a school please do send my website to them jeremyindica.com and let them know that I am going in to speak with staff and students if you are part of an organization or a charity please do the same jeremyindica.com is the website and all the information is there for them to see now with these words of mouth and these recommendations i can continue building the momentum on this now if you'd like to support my work in any way financially please go to that website jeremyindica.com there's a donation button there but also for those that know i run another movement called something to say official and under something to say official.com we have clothing and a patreon exclusive access membership program So there are lots of ways that you can get involved, continue spreading the work. And as you know, as I always say on this podcast, anything is possible and I believe we can achieve it all. Thank you. Okay, so I haven't actually done one of these for a little while where I find a video online that I feel is substantial and I review it, stopping it at various parts. But here is a go at that again. It's nice to be back on this format. I really enjoy this actually. It keeps me thinking on my feet and I've got to really be on the ball with it. Now, it was actually a team member of mine that brought this video to my attention They've seen that I'm very interested in this subject of pornography, in particular what the constant consumption of pornography is doing to a minor's mind, 13-year-old, 14-year-old, sometimes even younger than that, all before they've had sex or even kissed a girl before. How is that programming their expectations around sex? Very, very interesting. So um, a brilliant member of my team actually sent me this and said that I should review it because it is is, um, a hard watch actually. So let's try that out. The title of the video is Beyond Fantasy Episode 1, Barely Legal Porn Industry Documentary. So tough title. I know that YouTube channel, which I'm going to put the link in the description below if you want to check out more of their work. I've actually reviewed a couple of their videos in the past too, um, and they are very well put together. So I'm in some way looking forward to seeing what this one's all about. So let's get into it. Okay, let me just read that out for the people that are listening on their podcast app. On the video it's saying, this film features content that some viewers may find disturbing, including images and themes of simulated child sexual abuse and incest. By the way, for anybody that's listening to this on their podcast app, this podcast is recorded in video format too, so that you can watch along with the documentary that I'm going to review, 
But if you'd rather listen, that's also no problem because I'm going to keep you updated on what I'm seeing. So continue listening, no problem. But if you are interested in watching along, check out my YouTube channel, Jeremy Indica. Porn is the fantasy. It's the things that you can't have, but we're giving it to you for your enjoyment. The young girl fantasy is one that's played out a lot. There's a huge market for it. And we're gonna do what the market wants. When you are dressed up, what age are you made to look like? I mean, of course, it's barely legal, so I'm, I'm to look 18, of course, but I mean, I have felt like I've looked younger. I mean, there are times when I have felt so little, it's weird for me to look in the mirror because I just, I have to remind myself that I'm 20 years old. Be honest. <laughs> how old? How old are you made to look like? As young as possible. I'll just, I'll leave it at that. As young as I can possibly look, and I can look pretty freaking young. Wow, come on. Okay. She was saying that they will provide what the market demands. Now, let's just start this off with some, you know, with me saying that I know about these pornography sites because I've used them I used them quite a bit in my 20s before ever really thinking about what that was doing to my brain I try my best not to use them today but sometimes I fall off the wagon I'm a human being with a lot of hormones and I sometimes give in to the temptation of the thrilling nature of pornography it's hugely exciting hugely sophisticated and really taps on our vulnerabilities right but i know through doing this work that it is not good for my brain it's not good for my relationship or well, my marriage actually um because it's not healthy right it's not healthy just like alcohol cigarettes too much partying eating crap, like all of these things we know in, in our heart, they're not healthy. So um, I stay away from pornography, but I do sometimes fall off the wagon, right? But now that I'm doing this work, every time I go on, on there, I do see some of the material is exactly how this girl is describing it. It's quite clearly girls that are made to look young and pose as being under 18s, even though the video is about being barely legal and that category that is there on Pornhub and all the websites of barely legal is a very attractive one for many and many get a thrill out of it. So this is going to be mega interesting. Okay, title of the documentary, Barely Legal, they just had on the screen. Los Angeles, California. I mean, when you come to work, like you're always having a good time. Unless you hate sex, then you're you're screwed. To prep for today's scene, I went to Disneyland and just hung out at Disneyland all day to relax. I've always been a big Disney person because it's about pursuing your dreams and what you want. Before I decided to do pornography, I was getting ready to go to school on a scholarship and uh, it was for running. And I realized that wasn't what I wanted 
I had spent so much time being this great Republican Christian daughter, but that wasn't really who I was. And one day a friend of mine pulled me aside and said, you could really do well being it fit and in shape as a nude model. I'm gonna sit down Please do. So I finally was just like, fuck it, let, let's do this. And I just kind of took off from there. Oh, how do you put this thingy? Okay, let me explain what's going on here visually. We've got this young girl who is the porn pornography actress. Is that the right term? Porn actress, porn star, uh, pornography person. Sorry, I don't know the correct terminology. And she is 20 years old and she has just tried on a load of outfits and she's now going for a photo shoot in some of those outfits. Um, what I would classify as bikinis, right? But very seductive um, designs, let's say. And there's going to be a photographer. There is a photographer on the screen here going to take pictures of her. Now, it's a nice introduction to this documentary. And the reason why I say that is because for some people, this is work. Okay, they are actresses um, acting out scenes, and and that's the bottom line, right? This is a job for for some people, and they make incredible careers out of it. And this young girl um, who was going to get this scholarship at school has decided actually there's a better route for her um, that will bring her a lot more financial success, and she's just going for it. So you know, off the back off the bat or off the back I don't know what the proper saying is but um what do you think about that like you know maybe as maybe as adults looking at this 20 year old we're like oh don't go down that path it's 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 you're selling yourself maybe but but actually I know a lot of discussion around sex work is is very empowering for young young girls and young women so um are we are we um like really happy that she's found her um what she's interested in, and she's going to make a, a, a load of money from it. So, um, like, right now, we're, we're all cool, right? We're, we're happy. She's found a career move. Um, it's to do with sex work. I don't know. You, you know what? Maybe someone can help me with this. How are we supposed to talk about people who work in the sex industry these days? Because I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make an assumption that I'm quite confident that 20, 30 years ago is a very shameful career. Shame was casted on it. Um, but I'm going to say more so now for, for, for the women involved, it's a very empowering career. They, they treat it as something that's empowering. And um, I've seen a lot of, um, maybe, maybe a couple of articles that are like sex work is work and they want to be treated like um, any other worker and they want their career to be treated with respect. So, um, yeah, if, you, if you've got any more knowledge on that, please stick it in the comments section and, and we can try to learn from that. So you're going to try to stay within that. Okay, so like a fetish that I do a lot is a like young girl, younger looking, knee-high socks, jean miniskirt, like that. 
And I mean, that's a fantasy for a lot of men to have like this young, nubile girl who's interested in an older man. You know, Dr. DeSergio. Yes? My mom and dad won't be home all day. Mm-hmm. I really could use some company. I mean, I didn't come into this knowing that I was gonna be a barely legal star, but it became what people wanted to see. When I come home and I walk through the door, I'm not Tracy Sweet anymore. Tracy Sweet's at work. Tracy Sweet's in the porn valley. That's a character. She was. Okay, 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 okay. So you saw that little video clip um, of her acting her role, and she said about mummy and daddy not being, or mum and dad not being around. That starts to become. Oh, but she's. It's it's legal. What I'm trying to say is like. Doesn't that start pushing the ethics barrier? Doesn't that start pushing the ethics boundary here? Where, you know, her role in that particular scene was to say to the... It was a doctor-patient scene. And um, to say to the doctor, mum and dad aren't, my, mum and dad aren't around. Um, that starts to... Like, that doesn't sit right, does it? That doesn't sit right. But... Legally, it's okay because she's still acting as the 18-year-old in, in, in that scenario. Made up in a few minutes in a porn office. Nice. Give me a little bit of a rotation. I mean, it's a job. So, of course, in that sense, I'm going to be what Tracy Sweet needs to be in order for me to keep paying my bills. Nice work, Tracy. So, I am Tracy Sweet, and I am the barely legal fantasy that every older man wants. Okay, on the screen it says, teen porn yields more internet search results than any other category of porn. Somehow along the way, and I'm not sure where it came there, it got to a point where people wanted uh, to see barely legal style girls. Hustler is one of the biggest series in history, barely legal. And these girls are all 18, they are 18, but they look young, they have pigtails sometimes, sometimes lollipops, they're cute, they're beautiful. They're the all-American image of what a budding young woman looks like. That was the pornography producer just chatting there, by the way. I started off producing porn for an amateur site, then I opened wow. up my own pay site, and eventually had 12 million unique visitors a month. Oh my goodness, if you're listening to this on your podcast app, you've got to go onto my YouTube channel and just see these images that they're pushing out here. It's a homepage of a um, of a website. Like I've just got to rewind that. My goodness, that was crazy. Okay, it's called welcometoteens.net, and you know, in the eyes of these websites, they're not doing anything wrong because they're all 18-year-old girls. But, my God, they look so young. Like, look at this that I've got up. Uh, look at this image that I've got up at the moment. I mean, that girl in the centre, she looks 14 at bet, at most. Um, or an amateur site. Check out this homepage. My goodness. And eventually had 12 million unique visitors a month. The very most wow. popular category that we shot for were you know 18 year old girls and it would have been younger if that was legal i had one that came in and she probably looked like she was 14 wow so look I at knew, this you know, we're gonna 
a lot of money from this girl. How are you? Good, how are you? Pretty good. How old are you? Twelve. <laughs> no, <Yes>. eighteen. <laughs> you're gonna make him think that because you look like you're about twelve. Oh my god, look at this. Kind of our niche was like Asian girls. So they kind of look young. You would make quite a bit more money, you know, with views and stuff. Put them in pigtails and little schoolgirl dresses. Uh, have them talk in that little high-pitched voice. I've been a bad girl, you know. That's why I get attention a lot. Actually, 50% of my work right now is like really like young, barely legal. If you're really trying to get me to look like I'm 18, like I'll show you what I wore at 18. It is not little knee socks and little shorts with a yellow bow in my hair. <laughs> I didn't wear that at 18. And like a teddy bear. I didn't carry around like my little teddy bear either when I was 18. <laughs> yeah, okay, so she knows what's going on, right? These porn producers, pornography producers want to... Um, <clears throat> They're not breaking any rules because these actresses are 18, but there's no rules around the visual. And quite clearly, as she just stated uh, very well, that no 18-year-old carries a teddy bear around. And you've got, you know, if you're, if you're watching this on YouTube, you're seeing that these actresses are posing as um, young children in children's bedrooms. It's clearly set up for children's bedrooms. Now, let's talk about this a little bit more because... As we've just seen all of this, these these young girls, these young women, right? These young women, this one on the screen at the moment, who is the pornography actress. <clears throat> you feel any anger towards them because they're creating material that is quite clearly serving a purpose, serving a fantasy of, of another man that's completely immoral. Um or are they just doing their job? I know I've just, I know, I know I've already kind of covered that um, a, a few moments ago, but there's a market out there. Quite clearly, they're saying that the younger they look, um, they even made a joke about that girl looking twelve. The younger they look, the more money they're going to make out of it because the more views that they get, the more explicit it is. So there is a there is a big market for this. And you've got this thing where, because there's a demand for it, the supply will always always be met, right? If there's a demand for something that's going to generate lots of money, people are always going to meet that demand. Um, but who is, who, where do we put the blame? <clears throat> and I know that just putting the blame somewhere isn't going to solve it anything. Um, but just for this discussion at this moment that where do we put the blame here do we put the blame at the creators meaning the pornography producers and the actresses that we're seeing in this documentary that are speaking out um very openly about it or do we put the blame on the consumer the the the, the, the largely men that want to see this that get a thrill out of this but also another angle to look at this is the Cat catastrophic effect that um, it's having on the man that clicks on this for the first time and um, is just curious about what video this will be and then they go down a rabbit hole and all of a sudden they're hugely turned on um, by this type of 
type of work. But the whole thing is chaotic. The whole thing is dark, right? The whole thing has darkness all over it. <clears throat> it's this type of pornography creating paedophiles. That's 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 probably the question, isn't it? <clears throat> Are paedophiles born out of pornography? Like they were never like that before, but the 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 the, the sophisticated nature, how 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 thrilling it is for us. I mean, I, I spoke openly about it at the start of this podcast. <clears throat> Excuse me, I've been ill this week, so my throat isn't the best. I spoke openly about it at the start of this podcast, right? Sometimes I fall off the wagon when I'm trying to resist the pull of pornography. And for all the men out there, I, I can speak for the men, for all the men out there that are watching or listening to this, which there won't be many because my audience is predominantly female, but they will understand that too. If they try to resist it, they do really well, but occasionally they fall off that wagon because it is thrilling. It does tap on our human nature and our human vulnerability. Um, and, and, and and I don't want to just downplay pornography as if it's got no place in relationships, as if it's got no place in anyone's life because um, I'm pretty sure that... Um, for some couples, um, pornography is actually a very exciting part of their sex life. And I'm cool with that. I'm not saying it's purely evil um, either. Um, I think I think it, it could be used as a tool. And actually, you know what? I'd love to bring people onto this podcast that could help help me and us um, understand that more. It could be used as a very useful tool. Um, you know, I, I, I already made the comparison of, of alcohol um, here. We know that too much of it is very detrimental for our lives and our mental health and our physical health too. But the odd drink here and there with friends can be very social. Um, does pornography fall into that category too? Um, but much like with alcohol, there are a percentage of the population where it puts them spiralling out of control. And I'm going to confidently say that pornography is is it does that for for a percentage of the population. Again, to finish off with the question, has pornography created paedophiles that we don't know of? Okay. Should we give them the benefit of the doubt and just say no? They're not dressed like twelve-year-olds. They're dressed like eighteen-year-olds. <laughs> I mean, I know what I was dressing like when I was 18. I was trying to look 25. I certainly wasn't trying to look 11. That's a good point. I hope the people don't think we're shooting an underage girl here. <laughs> How old are you? I'm 18. You sure? <laughs> then why does your voice sound like much younger? <laughs> Pinky promise. I remember when we were shooting one of those uh, scenes, I was like, we are giving people the image of having sex with a child. Oh my goodness. Okay, so on the screen, and, and again, I'm just going to say, if you're listening to this on your podcast app, you've got to check this out on YouTube because the visuals are are, um, are shocking. Okay, in 2012, the Supreme Court made it legal to create porn in which adult performers are made to look like children. What the hell? Let me say that again. In 2002, the Supreme Court made it legal to create porn in which adult performers are made to look like children. What the fuck? What's going on here?
all I ever wanted to do was make music and make pretty pictures. I don't make Disney movies. I make Max Hardcore movies. And I'm going to show it hardcore. I grew up in a Catholic church situation. And that was probably, like, fucked me up more than anything. They acted like you couldn't have sex until marriage. And that's a real conflict for a kid. But then I just said to hell with it. You know, let's do what we want to do. Let's do what's come. Let's do what the girls want to do, and the girls want to fuck. I came out here just to shoot amateur scenes. It was pretty rough, but for whatever reason, it resonated with the public because I think they liked an average guy meeting hot babes and then somehow talking them into having sex with them. Maybe it almost felt like home video to, to a lot of people. That, like, if this guy can do it, anybody can. Okay, on the screen is uh, Max, who's this guy who's speaking, who's a pornography producer, is a pioneer of hardcore amateur-style pornography. In 2004, he was inducted into the Adult Video News Hall of Fame. See, this is the Barbie closet. We dress them up, we make them look good, they feel good about themselves. The thing that makes my stuff special is that I costume the girls to look like this emerging teen. It's an indeterminate age between 12 and 20, right? Every girl loves to dress up a Barbie doll. And when she gets a little bit older, she wants to look like a Barbie doll. So we provide the outfits for them. This is such... Oh, my goodness. You hate him already, right? How slimy that guy is. That was disgusting. But why do I have this reaction to him and I didn't have this reaction to the actresses? Because the actresses basically just said the same thing as what he did in 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 summary, you you know, he just said we do what the audience want, we do what the audience like. They say that this is something that lots of people desire and find exciting and erotic, um, dressing girls up between twelve and twenty to make them look look that age. I I just I just hated that man in that in that moment as I watched that. But I didn't have that same um, reaction when the actresses at the start of this podcast were saying that, at the start of this documentary, were saying that too. They admitted that too. So why didn't I um, feel that anger towards uh, the girls? Is it because there's a gender bias here? Um, The man comes across as slimy, but the girls come across as workers. Um, or is it because I feel like the man in this um, context, because he is the the, the 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 pornography producer, he is the the perpetrator side of the discussion, and the actress is the victim side of the discussion, or maybe that's what I want to believe. 
yeah maybe that's my mind making up the easiest way to navigate through this very uncomfortable topic a, a sexy little skirt imagine this on a tiny little girl barbie shoes right see these shoes brilliant yeah little color oh these these are nice because they sparkle all right yeah yeah oh. <laughs> you know it, it's just it's just great stuff when I get ready for a scene with a girl, my way of explaining it is you're an innocent little Barbie doll and you've got virtually no experience. Look at this. It's pretty princess. Yeah. That's my Barbie. I have her. You're a pretty princess, aren't you? The boys at school don't know anything about having sex. You need to have sex with a real man. You're going to wear ankle socks and high heels. You're going to suck a lollipop. You're going to get ass fucked and look at the camera and say, hi, mommy, hi, daddy. What do you think you're a little princess now? Hi, daddy. Okay. Think of a little princess now. Do you think I'm cute? My intention is to sell innocence. You know, we want fresh fruit. We don't want old shit. Wow. Do you know what? Um, a lot of these clips that they're using are, are for this documentary are old, right? They look like they're done in the, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago. You can only imagine um, how many um, different categories it's split into now. It's something that we need to think about here. Why when it comes to a human nature perspective, why this would turn on a man using just let's just go with the with the with the majority of who watch pornography, right? Why this would turn a man on so much. Um because as I um I wanted to 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 try to ask um earlier was um you know Will someone come across this material, click on it through curiosity, go down a rabbit hole and program their their brains will get programmed through the videos to for that to be their number one fantasy, right? So before they clicked on it, it they weren't interested in that type of thing. They liked other things. Um, and then they clicked on this category. They clicked on a thumbnail because it was so it generated so much curiosity in themselves they found it thrilling and exciting and they watched more of it more of it and month on month year on year they became this became their number one fantasy but what i am also finding interesting is if this is something that um which is i i'm going to say is definitely going to be the case if this is going to be something which has always been uh, a man's number one fantasy why um this man talks about um he's selling innocence um and he's sell selling vulnerability and um you know, there are um, conversations to be had around this and I would love a psychologist to come and talk to us about this because nature is going to play a certain part in this in the fact that I'm not saying, right, before anybody gets mad at me for saying that, that nature drives a man to like a child in a sexual way. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is 
Nature has to play a certain part in this, right? Because otherwise you wouldn't get an erection, right? Because you can't you can't demand a re- an erection, right? You can't demand an erection. Like um you know, I'm looking at my laptop down here. I can't say to me say to myself, "I want to get an erection over that," right? I can't look at um uh what's what's around me. I can't look at uh um my my microphone stand over here and be like just for this moment I want to find that sexually attractive. Like you can't you can't um you you have to have a response, right? You have to have a, a natural response of thrill for um you to get an erection. Surely. Yeah, surely that that makes sense, right? Like, like, am I getting that right? So, so, what is it in someone's brain that gets excited about a child? What is it in that scenario that's exciting that man? Cool, I'm going to be upsetting some people, right? Aren't they? Because there's some people that are going to be like, it's not only men that do this, and I know it's not only men that do this. Right, but I heard a statistic that it's ninety-eight percent of all sexual crimes are carried out about men. So whilst we're just about getting on the bandwagon with this conversation, we're just about trying to pull ourselves out of the Stone Ages. Let's concentrate on the majority for now. That's an overwhelming majority, isn't it? Like that—that's a crazy majority, and that's why I say men, right? But what is it in their mind? What is it? What is it? Is it? Is it the selling of innocence? Does that? Is that? something that we can connect back to our history as a human being is that something we can connect to the desire to procreate and evolve again don't get angry at me for throwing these questions out there they're questions we need the answers to and for the people that are like who cares if it's this or it's that they're all predators and should be killed okay okay i understand um i feel that too but we need to, how can we solve a problem if we don't understand it? No problem ever got solved without understanding, like, the source of the problem, right? So, What's going to be up next in about a half hour is going to be Dorothy, Auntie M, Uncle Henry, Zeke, Hunk, Hickory, and Pimpernickel. So do we have the scarecrow here today? There he is right there. And uh, let's go. I remember the first time I went on a set. I see a girl and a guy having sex. She was really cute, he was plowing her. It was really beautiful. And they took a break. And I'm standing there and I was kind of shy and I started talking to the girl. And I said to her, I said, how long have you been dating him? And she looked at me with this weird look on her face, dating him, I just met him this morning. I couldn't even wrap my head around that, that two people could get together and have sex like that, that didn't know each other. These are all lock-off shots, guys, okay? Everything's lock-off. And that clicked something off in my brain that was, uh, I think it threw me back to the time of the Roman orgies, and I thought, you know what, this is the way things should be. Actually, Dorothy, are you made up enough even in the beginning? I don't think you're made up enough. Stand, stand in- What's the Roman orgies, by the way? Hmm. I'm interested in understanding what, what that was. Um... What was going on then is a big question for me. Um, what was deemed moral and immoral then, back then, um, I think that is a piece of the puzzle that we should understand. How did previous civilizations do all of this? How did they handle sex? What was allowed and what wasn't allowed? Um, uh, you know, they often say, don't they, 
you don't know where you're going unless you know where you've been. So as a human race, what was going on back in the ancient civilizations with sex in general? He just mentioned Roman orgies. If anybody's got any information about that, can you put it in the comment section so that we can learn more, please? In the light for a second? I think that's not quite enough for I want a little bit more. Come on back. Take a break, Nina Hartley, and, and, and Kurt. I'll come back and shoot the pop shot in, in three minutes. You don't quite look We make movies and people want to see certain things. Young girls are appealing to a lot of guys. I think some people have taken it a little bit too far by maybe sensationalizing it a little bit and making them even seem younger, team-wise. Um, but the defense that I always say is, well, the girls are actually 18 and above that are in the movies, so they're actors, they're actresses. But surely there's got to be some kind of moral code here. Obviously, there's not going to be some moral code with the industry because they don't give an F. It's all about money, right? It's all about views and money. But surely we've got to have some kind of regulation here. Just because the actor is 18 doesn't mean that they can act any 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 um, situation out. And the, and the thing that... The, the problem is, it's like... You know, pornography is classed as entertainment, right? Um, should it should it just be free reign for these creators? Um, you know, should 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 they be allowed to uh, create anything? Um, it's not good for people's brains. Certain certain what what they're talking about here, okay? What this documentary is about, the portraying of. You know, everybody Everybody on this documentary is quite clear about this. The portraying of an under-18 in a sexual situation, right? That's what they're creating. Should this be free reign? Now, I'm going to guess that these podcast producers would say yes, because they're saying allow people to um, consume what they want in uh, their pornography viewership. Nobody's getting hurt. Everybody is over 18. That's going to be the case that they'd bring to the table, I'm going to assume. And actually, for these scenarios, they're not actually wrong. Because directly, nobody's getting hurt. Everybody's, they're all consensual adults making this. It's just what the after effect is of it. That do, does the, does nobody need to, does the government not need to come in here and, and, and lay some laws down? Oh! Lock off. Nobody move. And this is difficult watch. And you know, I'm as guilty as anybody because I did TV shows with The Cosby Show where we had 28-year-old oh actresses playing kids, basically, and getting banged. So when I look back and I think about it, you know, maybe that wasn't the greatest idea. We're starting with an actual blowjob, which is going to take place on the couch. Okay. Then we also have Dorothy later on in the blowjob going to pop in, catch her Auntie M giving a blowjob. She's got dialogue. Okay. Man, your cameras, please. Everybody, turn their phones off. And blowjob action. Oh my! I wasn't supposed to see that, was I? Uh, Dorothy, go away! Forgive me for barging in. Cut. Done. Okay. Beautiful. I'm shooting a spoof of The Wizard of Oz called Not the Wizard of Oz Triple X. And at the end of the movie, Dorothy gets gangbanged. My comedy side says, this is funny. This is great. This is beautiful. This is awesome. Beautiful Dorothy that 
Tin Man, the Scarecrow, everybody's banging her. Even the Good Witch jumps in. Does it have any other consequences beyond that? I try not to think about it. Oh, wow. He even said it, oh. man. Whoa. Is there a chance that you would change that? Whoa, 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 whoa. No, because I still think it's funny. Whoa. Let me just read a couple of the names of your films. How my I want to fuck, fuck your daughter, 12. My wife and I are fucking the babysitter six. Yep. Oh my God, I fucked my daughter's BFF. All, all, uh, all are the same vein. It's kind of selling a fantasy that, you know, sex with underage girls is hot. Um, do you feel conflicted all about that? I don't shoot it. I'm in some of those scenes. I mean, is the is the babysitter fantasy really not that common? I think it is. Hi, I'm Sally, oh. babysitter. Hey, good morning. How are you doing today? Good and you. Pretty good. So what I'm thinking here is, why don't I just give you a full-time job here? Right here, come on. You sure? Any... You don't want to help me out? Okay, it says on the screen, babysitter porn is one of the most popular categories of pornography that depicts girls underage. Sweetheart, your ride's gonna be here in about an hour. I've always known that everything I do on, on camera is being watched by people at home. Media does affect us. It does affect our worldview. It does affect our personal view. It affects our self-image. Okay, so this is um, this is what I want to talk about next. This is this is zapping me completely like this is taking everything out of me and I think one of the reasons why it makes me feel like that is because I've metaphorically kind of got my head in my hands pulling my hair out that this is widely available for everyone with no limits and no uh, restrictions and if you are somebody that grew up with a phone in your hand and you turn 12, 13 and you're a young boy, you're going to be consuming lots of this material for sure. I've spoken about that on other podcasts. I remember what I was like at that age. I am thankful that this wasn't readily available when I was that age because as this porn actress has just said, media affects us and affects our brains and what you consume affects you, um, in particular uh, in sexual manners. And I just wonder what kind of people, like for people that are going to be influenced by this, what kind of people that's turning them into? It's actually really sad. And the more I'm watching this documentary, the more... I'm saying to myself in my own life, you can't you can't fall off the wagon with this. Like, just don't consume this shit. Right? Don't consume this shit. Even for that that just odd time that I fall off the wagon. Like I'm 38 years old, right? I watched lots of this um pornography in, in my twenties. I really did. 
um, because it, nobody nobody had talked about the destructive nature that it can bring um, and the ugly industry. Like this is a good example of the ugly industry, and I'm now thinking to myself in my head, you got you gotta get this together. Like don't fall off the wagon at all. Like this is not good. This is not good for the brain. Um, even even categories that that would be seen moral um, to see how the industry is working. Um, it's not it's not great, is it? It's not great. It's not great. I've tried to be very careful in how I conduct myself on camera for the last 30 years. The rule I tell people is if you don't do it at home for free, don't do it on camera for money. And very, very concretely and with deliberate intent, I was always role modeling good sexual behavior on women. I married your dad when you were really young. And now, you know, he's gone and we just have each other. I would like to be the person who gives you a little more experience before you go off to college. <laughs> it's a little weird. The movie you made this last year called Seduced by Mommy. Um, That'd be okay. Uh, I'm wondering, what is the message behind that film? Um, the quasi-incest porn is a subgenre. It's a sub-fetish. And I'm not gonna tell anybody and it'll just be so that you know. In the film, you say to who was your pseudo-daughter, don't worry, I won't tell anybody. I don't remember the scene, but I don't doubt that I made it, believe me. I don't yeah, doubt that I made we it. We won't tell anybody about this, <laughs> which sounds textbook pedophile-type activity. And again, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm putting the question to you because I'm concerned about the message that that sends, um, thinking of, of pornography that would promote a fantasy of having sex with your child. Oh, wow. I honestly don't remember the scene, although I don't doubt that I made it. But I think it also keeps me out enough that I don't do it. I won't do that again. I, I won't do any of the mommy porn again. I don't like it. I don't like, I don't, I don't like the, that's one taboo. I, don't share. I don't have a fantasy of it. Didn't happen to me. Um, then why do it? Um, that mother probably, honestly, made the work that week. Yeah. Going back to the point of a message, because sexual abuse is such a big problem, and because it does ruin so many people's lives, maybe that's not the fantasy that we want to be selling. Mm. It might be the fantasy you want to be selling, but clearly someone's buying it. Wow. So it's a fantasy. So again, someone's going to buy it, someone's going to make it. This is a completely capitalistic commercial enterprise. Wow, wow. wow. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Oh, green. Nina appeared in another incest theme video following the our interview. Thing, yeah, it, it disturbs me. Like, I've seen scripts before, like, I've had a script before, even with Lexi, where they were trying to make us sisters in it, and I looked at the script, and I'm like, this isn't going to work. Incest is not sexy, neither is pedophilia. Okay. Oh my goodness, it's almost like I can't wait for this to end, you know. On my last podcast, the one before this one, I interviewed 
a lady called Dr. Sophie King-Hill, who is an expert researcher in sibling sexual abuse. She talks about many things, um, the language that we must use moving forward, which is actually sibling harmful sexual behaviour, and the complexities around that. Now, something that really struck me that she said was, first of all, siblings displaying harmful sexual behaviour on each other is not uncommon. It's more common than what we like to think. And it can happen for a number of reasons. One of those is because the child feels a lack of intimacy in other areas of their life. Another reason is because they're just repeating something that's happened to them in their own life. And another reason is because they've been watching the very popular stepbrother and stepsister pornography categories now online. So this is now going to talk about that. I literally feel like I'm not going to make it to the end of this. Um, I'm going to, obviously, but but it feels very draining. And why is that? Is it because we? F- I feel like this is a probably a billion dollar industry that um, is so powerful and so many people want it, and um, we're we're not going to be able to uh, sort any of this situation out. Um, but I also do want to say I know this documentary is focusing solely on the negative. There's always going to be another discussion um, on this. Uh, 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 the 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 benefits of pornography in relationships. I know I've already mentioned these, but let me just mention them again. The benefits of pornography in relationships. Pornography being a very successful career um, for for people. Um, Pornography helping in the confidence of somebody. Um, And yes, I do want to also have those discussions because we have to have the balanced conversation around these things I don't want it just to be skewed one way uh, with a certain bias from a documentary I want to look at things from all angles and let's continue okay some video titles up that are quite shocking Incest porn is another popular genre of pornography that depicts girls as underwear. How do you like your new look? I love my new look, mister. You ever wore a skirt that short? Never. How old are you, Courtney? I'm only 12 and a half. What? Wow, it's hot. Now, for the girls in scenes where they're depicted as young. Underage. Yeah, 12 years old, whatever. Yeah, no problem. Uh... There's a there's a huge audience for that. Uh, wh- wh- what's the fascination? Why does a guy want to see a girl? Well, we who do looks things like by 10, twelve years old. Because young girls are the most fertile. It's only natural that a man would be attracted to a young girl because a young girl is the most fertile girl. I mean, it's historical. You can't take this out of the out of a human brain. Now we've. We've um... okay, 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 okay. Let me just quickly stop there because he talked about what what I was trying to think about 
was where does nature come into this? Um, again, like as I always say, don't get angry, right? Let's get proactive in the discussion. Is there something natural in this that men feel, feel pulled towards the look of a younger girl? Is that anything to do with ferti fertility? Um, you know, what, but please, anybody got any articles they can link that we can read? Anybody got any information on this? Please get it in the comment section. I know you can't comment on Spotify and the other podcast apps, but you can comment on, on YouTube. So if you are listening to this, go over to YouTube and see if anybody commented. Where's the information? Where's the science behind this? Because if there is something in men's brains that, if allowed, will um, uh, move towards younger girls due to something like evolutionary uh, drives of fertility, something like that, um, then what do we do to educate men to understand that for some that's in their brain, they can be wired like that, but we have some rules in society and that is you're not allowed to go there, right? Some, something like that, you know? Or, or if you feel like you're going to go there, then please call our helpline, you know? Someone like Lucy Faithful Foundation who do incredible work with men who have dangerous thoughts in their head. I'm going to bring them onto the podcast again Um I did have them onto my YouTube channel uh, probably about 18 months ago, but I want to bring them on to the, now, now that it's a podcast, I want to bring them on. So we have to, we have to have the discussion. I know, I know it, it gives you a immediate response of anger, but if that's scientifically proven, then we have to just talk about it and, we want to talk about it because we're in this together. The prevention of sexual abuse happening, the prevention of exploitative pornography being made, all of these things, we, we, we've all got the same goal. Please remember, we've all got the same goal. We're all on the same mission, right? So so let's talk about it together. And, you know, probably rightly so. I, I don't know. I don't pretend. That's not my area of expertise. All my area, I understand the human nature of sexuality to my degree. Man, you, I love your little schoolgirl outfit. Do you have any pubic hair yet? No, I haven't had puberty yet. Wow. How is this allowed? First of all, I make instructional videos. I just want to be your friend. Uh -huh. I love your teddy bear. Men who watch my videos, they want to see what the girl's capable of doing, what she's willing to do, and how to get them to do it. That's all. It's that simple. Did anybody ever molest you like what this before? Fuck? My stepdad. Really? Does it just like you do? So I show them that we track them down. We find them. We locate them. We isolate them. We get them in the, in the car. We get them in the public bathroom, wherever it is. <laughs> he gives them some compliments, and resistance breaks down. And then we start fingering her pussy and taking her picture. This is a fun sport. Listen, I, I haven't met too many girls who don't love having their picture taken. 
that's the nature of a young woman. They're hypersexual. They gotta fuck all the time. You know, we try to keep it, tamp it down and prevent it, you know, and, and not, <laughs> I mean, not allow this stuff to get out, but it, it's, it's getting out all over the fucking world. They can't stop it. And we catch the girls when they come of age and they got legal documentation, and I'm sorry, man, if your daughter is a whore. <laughs> you know, that's the way it is. You know, it's, we just shoot them, you know? We just film it. I would never portray a girl as being underage, for example. I know a lot of people do. And it's one of those things that I wish the industry would would do some self-regulation on. Because for someone who was predisposed to that particular fetish, I think it could legitimize it for them. When in reality, I think it's something that they should probably be seeking. And it's one of those things that I wish the industry would would do some self-regulation on. Right. Okay. Because for someone who was predisposed to that particular fetish, I think it could legitimize it for them. When in reality, I think it's something that they should probably be seeking help for and not validation. There's a certain way to film, like me, I wear knee socks and pink underwear and a bow that I hate. And then there's filming where you really look like a little kid. And then the words being said are like the fantasy of being a kid, like, oh, call me your little daddy and like stuff like that. Like I would never like say like stuff like that. Just like little things like that. I try to be conscious of because like, I, I don't want someone <laughs> to be raped because of me. What do you guys like about seeing girls dressed up like young like that? The control factor in it. They can tell that girl what to do. And that little girl knows nothing else. So then they think that that guy is the almighty, the best. Okay, okay. So, um, we start to think about general fetishes that adults have um and i've done a little bit of um work released a couple of videos on questioning um is what consensual adults do in the bedroom um anyone else's business and one of the videos that i released was um a situation where i did a bit of storytelling and i wrote this story about this 65 year old man called john and him and his wife andrea they've been married for 20 30 years or more than um and they like to do this role play in bed where john plays the boss and andrea plays a schoolgirl who's just got home from school and she acts as if she's besotted by john and um john then essentially dominates the situation and i detailed this um in a video and 
ask the audience um they are two consensual adults and actually john and andrea say that they're not doing anything wrong which actually they're not um, but i ask the question does the playing out of that role play in their relationship only heighten john's appetite for the real thing or does it satisfy an uh, a desire that he's got so that he will never go out and seek the real thing um I thought that was a really interesting scenario. I'd like to actually write more stories like that that really try to get the audience thinking and because that kind of scenario makes me think because the summary of that was do we is it any of our business when it's adults consenting um when it's consensual adults in in a in a in, a, in an adult scenario sorry in a scenario um it doesn't matter what role they're playing whether they're playing uh, a young girl uh, an underage girl or not that's up to them i actually got a 50 50 uh, response to that some people said it was disgusting and that andrea should be questioning her husband or not even getting involved in that uh, but some were like but Andrea will also enjoy being dominated in that way. Um, she will also enjoy being on the receiving end of that role play. That's for sure. Uh, we, we know about um, general uh, different fetishes that are out there. And we accept them, right? We accept them. What, what somebody wants to explore um, in, in, their, in their sex life is up to them. It truly is. Um, and uh, as long as it's all consensual adults. And so... This porn actress has explained that it's a fantasy that people are people are after, and if they're going to seek it, they're going to seek it somewhere. And um, why not that be the videos that are being created? Nobody's being hurt, so you know, can can there be laws against this, um, or how would regulations be imposed on this? Um, because does there need to be any regulations imposed? But the reason why I stopped the video at this point was because I think some more conversation or some more podcasts on on what a fetish is, why somebody has it, where it can come from, how to keep it healthy, when it gets unhealthy, when it becomes harmful, when it becomes abusive, even between adult in in adult cons- consensual situations is going to be another piece of this puzzle that I think will be very useful for us to understand and it will help us understand why this type of pornography is so popular. I think that that fantasy may influence men into liking younger girls and acting on it. Is that your question? Absolutely. Oh wow, she said that if very seductively. There, I don't think that there'd be so many you know, rapes and stuff of young girls. Oh my gosh, she's saying that so weird, isn't she? Why is she saying it like that for? Is that just me or check this out? Like on the video, check this out. Why does she say it like that? Is that a question? It's so eerie, isn't it? Yeah. Do you think that that fantasy may influence men into... Liking younger girls and acting on it? Is that your question? Absolutely. If it wasn't there, I don't think that there'd be so many, you know, rapes. That's weird. And stuff of young girls. That's I don't weird. think so, yeah. Hey, uh, you need to get to bed. I'm scared of the boogeyman. You scared of the boogeyman? 
The boogeyman's not real. Come on now. I'm, gonna, I'm turning the light out now. Okay? Good night. Good night. Where do you draw the line on Barely Legal? Because, you know, I have, a, I have a little sister who is my life. She's uh, 14 now. And if somebody was to rape her, I would honestly kill them. But I wouldn't even be nice about it. Like, that would be the cruelest death and punishment I could give anyone. Like, if he was, like, to say that it was because of, like, he'd seen some scene of some, like, tiny little girl getting raped or something, like, I'd be fucking pissed. So, I mean, to a degree, I get the barely legal fantasy, you know, but the idea of, like, child, like, maintaining child pornography, I'm not that cool with. Tracy left the porn industry three months after our interview. Why are so many people sexualizing young women as though they're prepubescent children? To make money. Wow. Does the porn industry care more about money than they do people? Absolutely. <laughs> Without question. There is no question about that. None. Okay, on the screen, the fictional depiction of minors in pornography is illegal in most countries, yet it remains legal in the United States. You can help end teen porn. Start at beyondfantasy.com, which is where this documentary comes from. If you have been exploited in the creation of porn, reach out to us at beyondfantasy.com forward slash share. If you have experienced sexual assault, get help. And there's a national helpline there. And that is the end of the documentary. Thank goodness. I just... I just can't... I couldn't... I couldn't watch anymore. I couldn't watch anymore. But I would watch more, right? Because that's my thing, isn't it? we got to face this. we got to face what's going on. So I would watch more, but I, I can... I am at my limit. <clears throat> and what is scaring me the most is that... Um, when was this made? Let me just find out. One sec. So that documentary was released a year ago. It's under Magic Lantern Pictures. So that was episode one. They've got four episodes to that particular series. So who knows what else is on there? Um, they've got some great uh, uh, other documentaries on there. It's so scary. Um, and I can only imagine if you're a parent how scary this is to think that your child will be your child, yes, your child, you know, when they turn 12, when they turn 13, they're children, and they will be definitely getting curious about pornography, they will be going onto these websites, and they will be completely captivated in it, completely captivated, I mean, it captivates adult men, right, us adult men, it captivates, so for those young children, imagine, can you imagine, imagine getting to 21 years old you started watching pornography at 12 you've been watching for nine years no let's 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 change that scenario imagine getting to 16 and you started watching pornography at 12 you've been watching it for four years before you you kiss a girl for the first time what is that gonna do to your brain what is this industry doing um 
I wonder if it's going to, you know, you know what? I wonder if it's going to turn into a situation like smoking, right? So when you think about smoking, um, when you think about all those decades ago, there were uh, adverts on the TV promoting smoking as a cool, and actually I think it was a healthy thing, right? Um, where like, you know, for status you'd smoke, it was all good, uh, get with the lifestyle. And then there must have been a time when those adverts were removed. Then I remember when I was younger, you used to watch uh, Formula One and they were cigarettes were allowed to be advertised on the side of the cars. Then that stopped. Then do you remember when you could smoke where wherever you wanted like I remember going to nightclubs in my party days my very early party days you're allowed to smoke in in the club like you'd be on the dance floor with like a cigarette or do you remember you used to walk into restaurants and um they would ask smoking or non-smoking and you'd say non-smoking please or, or smoking of course and and they would just take you to an area of the restaurant that was either smoking or non-smoking like you if you were in the non-smoking, it must have stunk of smoke, like through through the restaurant. But we just thought that was completely normal. <clears throat> no one battered an eyelid about that. And then they brought the ban in, right? And I remember me and my mates talking about that. We were so angry because you'd have to go outside for a cigarette. And, and, and then the ban just became the norm. And now they're changing the age restrictions right it's now 18 to buy cigarettes and they're they're doing something else aren't they trying to phase cigarettes out completely um you know now our attitudes are changing where if you see somebody smoking a cigarette you you know you have concern for their health will porn be the same will it go down the same road and will in the decades to come in the generations to come those generations look at our generation being like did no one have a hold of that you were you were had access to unlimited pornography at any age. There wasn't even an eighteen certificate. You didn't have to give over your details to prove your age to watch it. Like, and you could watch as much of it as you want. There were no regulations. Will they look back at us and be like, "You idiots, you idiots"? Will they? I, I kind of hope so because we we're all in agreement. Um, e- even with the with the side that I, I I'm interested in with the with the um benefits that pornography pornography can bring to someone's life or a couple's life that that's definitely going to be there. I think that the bad is going to outweigh right um the consumption of it, the continuous consumption of it. Oh my goodness. Okay. Um. So we'll le- we'll end it there. Um. I will uh, now format and edit this and get it posted. And please let me know what you think. Please uh, rate this podcast if you're listening on a podcast app. Give it give it that five-star review, of course, if you want to. Um, please hit the like buttons everywhere you can. Please comment on the comment section because we are have uh, been speaking about terms that platforms like Spotify and YouTube, they, they will censor this video. They will censor this podcast, no doubt about it. So the only way we can trick the algorithm into spreading this more is by people interacting with it through the comment section and the like button. So I'm exhausted and um, I'm pretty sure you will be too. So take care of yourself. Keep yourself safe. Maybe chat to somebody about this podcast if it's made you feel emotional in some way and pass it around and, and we'll continue moving forward. 
thank you okay so i wonder what you thought about that podcast episode honestly it's completely drained me i thought i wouldn't get to the end of it but i knew i needed to push through because as i always say we have to face this we have to face the discomfort we have to continue looking at this and talking about it and exposing it because this is all going on in front of our eyes and if we're if we're serious about the prevention and the protection of children being abused then we have to do this as adults so thank you to getting it to the end of this podcast please hit those like buttons please leave the comments because the algorithm is not going to like this podcast episode so we need to kick it into gear manually and if you'd like to join this podcast on the team to help me develop this content please get in touch please dm me no previous experience is needed i just need somebody who's passionate motivated organized disciplined that wants to come and help me evolve this content because I believe anybody can learn on the job. If they've got those core skills, then come and join me on this mission. Thank you so much. I'm going to be releasing more episodes. I'm now going to go and rest a little because that has taken the life out of me, honestly. I hope you're okay too. And I hope you will um, do whatever is necessary if this has made you feel emotional in any way. Thank you so 